0: So we are doing another special guest DGU episode today, and this time it's with Holly Chen. Holly's the VP of marketing at Mosaic, a strategic finance platform that provides real-time financial analytics and planning to get teams from data to decisions faster. She's worked at some pretty impressive companies in marketing and advising roles. You've probably heard of a few of these, Google, Slack, Loom, Miro. And why I'm so excited about today's topic is it's super timely. Holly just started at Mosaic in her new role last month. And I know that everyone who's listening is always wondering what to do, and more importantly, what not to do in their first 90 days. Demand Gen U is officially in session. Let's do it. Holly, I am very excited to have you on Demand Gen U. And I think if I remember correctly, it was Adam Goyette who kind of made the introduction to us because we don't really know each other that well, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a, multiple threads and Adam is, is the man. So uh, I, I, yeah, really loved uh, our connection. You must
0: have, uh, you must have read the script because I, (laughs) in the text, it says Adam's the man. I agree. And anything that Adam says, uh, you know, I definitely support. So I'm happy that he introduced us and, uh, you know, uh, you know, we definitely hit it off the, since the first time that we spoke. So I was doing some prep for an episode and. I know we were sending the uh, the outline back and forth for you to review it. I hope that you didn't look at this yet and cheat this part of it, but I came across a podcast episode that you were on and I found an old quote and I absolutely loved it. Do you remember this quote? It was the more playful ads actually perform much better than the more serious and corporate E ones.
1: Oh, I think that was the very first podcast I ever recorded.
0: I didn't even know that. Let's talk about that for a second. So one, (laughs) let's talk about the quote. Uh, Like, where did that quote come from? You know, I guess I love it, but I'd love to hear your take on it.
1: Yeah, I I think at the time I was reviewing some past ads performances, especially I was reviewing our um, display ad uh, performances. And what we found is um, the ones with brighter color, more playful um, image, uh, more emotional connection performed better than the ones with product shots, with uh, feature benefit um, wordings. Um, so the, the more prof- more professional and buttoned up ones actually didn't get a lot of, um, a lot of results uh, than the ones that is a little quirky, has a little more character and personality. So that's where, where that quote comes from.
0: And I love that too, because I think nowadays, even just as consumers in our personal lives, but also as B2B marketers, we see so many ads every single day. And when it clearly looks like an ad, oftentimes I just tune those out right away and I'm more drawn to the types of ads that you just described that maybe are imperfect, look a little bit more raw and authentic, uh, aren't as overly produced. And those definitely perform better in our own experience too.
1: Yeah. And especially if you think about um, social platforms like Google, uh, like uh, Facebook, um, Instagram, um even you know YouTube and TikTok, those are social platforms that people expected to connect with their friends um, and see updates. Um, so if you produce uh, something that looks like, oh, you are holding a camera, you know, in Dolores Park and um, talking about how this, uh, how great this camera is, that's probably working better than like. You really high production, like five, 50 megabytes of, you know, pixel and whatever, uh, and, and looks like really produced. Um, people, people enjoy that. And, and you know, uh, sometimes it's like, oh, they thought that's one of those like friend updates and they, they watch it. It's, it's entertaining. It's connecting. Um, so definitely, especially when it comes to um, the more like video and display assets.
0: Which I think is awesome because on a smaller marketing team, and and even when I think back to a year ago, when it was just the three of us at Metadata, we did not have a lot of budget and we still don't have a lot of budget, but the whole point is you don't need a crazy amount of budget to, to put together really good video ads on any of these, these mediums. So it's awesome to hear. Now, I want to go back because I didn't realize that that was your first podcast episode that you had ever been on. So. What was that like? I remember being so nervous the first time I did a podcast episode when I first started at metadata like two years ago. I was thinking, why do they want to talk to me? What do I have to say? Am I gonna sound good? Am I gonna sound bad? Like kind of run me through that from what you remember.
1: Yeah, I was um I, I basically asked the person to send me the questions in advance. And I wrote out all the answers I'm gonna say. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> and, and uh Uh, And when we recorded, um, he actually, you know, asked a few questions that I didn't anticipate. I was like, wait, (laughs) (laughs) you didn't tell me you were going to ask me about this one. Uh, But like uh, off the cuff and and then sort of answered. Uh, But I think that actually made the episode more fun and Mm -hmm. more natural. Um, I was I was talking to him versus reading a script um so basically after that experience I was like, okay like i'm gonna if i get a question in advance i would do some like very high level outline or just have answers in my in my head um and not to overproduce it like I write out every single sentence uh, and then the more i do it the the more natural i feel oh, okay like um i roughly have some idea and then i, I it's much less uh scripted
0: yeah and i think you know, I forget how many podcasts I had been on before we started this podcast at Metadata, but I thought, you know, the first couple episodes that we banked and recorded, I was like, you know, what? probably sound fine. I'd be great. I was listening to, I was actually in uh, my place the other day listening to uh, music. I don't know, it was after dinner or something. And one of our first DGU episodes came on and I thought to myself, I'm like, ugh, like, this is what you sound like? Like, hopefully you got better from this. And like you mentioned, it just just takes repetition and practice and it comes a little bit more natural.
1: It's um, very, like, there are a a large percentage of people who just cannot stand listen to themselves, even great celebrities that's like, amazing actors uh somehow don't watch you know the episodes that they acted in and we thought they were brilliant but somehow that's like looking at yourself or listening to yourself is something something weird about that
0: all right that makes me feel a little bit better than that you know uh highly you know esteemed actors and actresses feel the same way so all right that's good to know uh, awesome. Now on to the, the fun part of this episode. So in the intro, I mentioned that you have just recently started in a new role. So I think what I'd like to do is kind of break this out into two parts. The first part is, you know, how you were vetting this new role before you accepted and, and joined Mosaic. And then the second part, which is really the, what I'm most excited about, not that the first part isn't exciting, is how you're just planning for the first 90 days as a marketing leader. Sound good? Great. Perfect. So the job market, you know, despite all of these layoffs in tech right now is insane. There are positions and especially marketing positions everywhere right now. So can you kind of walk me through, uh, like how you went through this process, what you were looking for, you know, in your next move?
1: Mm-hmm yeah it's a um, it's quite a journey because I've been doing uh, consulting advising and interim roles for the past two-ish years um, I really enjoy the the freedom that came uh, from that experience um, I got to work with some amazing companies um, I got to choose who I work with um, and you start to see pattern matching really clearly after working with you know a few companies at similar stage um, they Actually, face very similar challenges. Um, I primarily work with um, Series B, Series C SaaS companies. Um, some of them have a PLG, uh, but going up market. Some, some of them are sales led, but um, trying to establish PLG. So, that motion, um, there's a lot of similar challenges regarding the systems like how, how do we look at users how do we look at data um, how do we hand off uh, between these two motions um, how do we hire the the right people to to make that transition all of those are very similar challenges um, however the the audience um, are all slightly different some of them are more developer focused some of them are more uh, horizontal uh, some of them are more you know like uh, one particular role focused um, so they're they're um, there are nuances that determines the type of strategy differences. Um, so I really enjoy that because you can bring best practices from uh, great companies. At the same time, you can't just assume the same playbook would work for everyone. You still need to experiment um, and, and see what works for this particular company at this particular stage. And also, you know, resource constraints also determines how much you can invest and, and what, what you can do. So that's that's fascinating. Uh, I, I really enjoy that. Um, at the same time, what I uh, really miss is um, the sense of a team. Uh, working with a really amazing team, working towards a goal, uh, a really hard, challenging, um, audacious goal is what gives me a lot of joy and fulfillment. Um, and sometimes you know, as an advisor or as an interim person, um, you can see st- part of that journey but you don't see that through um, always Uh, sometimes you establish that foundation you set a team for success but then you leave after six months (laughs) and so Uh, so i worked in consulting
0: for a while i know that exact feeling it's like you can't even see the you know what you're recommending all the way through
1: (laughs) right 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 right. yeah you, you know you stay in touch with people and know the results, but you don't see the whole like whole impact. Um, so um, I, I I started talking to to a few companies just like to see what's out there, um, and actually uh, met the um, the guys at Mosaic uh, two years ago um, before the pandemic um, when I just started uh, to uh, to do my consulting, and um, they were actually just. A few guys trying to, you know, trying to make it work. They didn't even have a product. Classic uh, startup.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> um, I was very impressed by th- by the team back then already, um, and just in two very short years, so they have built an amazing product, uh, have a fantastic um, caliber of um, team members and uh, and uh, customer base. Uh, the product is amazing. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I I I'm very very impressed by kind of the sophistication of the product um, and how much they have accomplished. Um, so I thought that's um, this is a really good time to to join.
0: I love that. There were a couple of things in there that we'll touch on later. So I, I think the first question that I have is, and, and part of this is, that I didn't find this in my research, but are you reporting in the CEO or I guess who do you report into right now?
1: I report to the COO uh, who is um, who's a co-founder of the founding team.
0: Got it. Now, as a, and I know that you, uh, it sounds like you knew them, you know, for a couple of years now. So there's a little bit of uh, you know, a personal relationship there, but as a new marketing leader, how do you vet your, you know, could be boss? Like, what are the types of things that you're looking for?
1: Mm-hmm. I think the first step is to have good self-awareness of what kind of culture or people I work well with, and what kind of people um, I don't work well with or don't thrive in. Um, so understanding what I'm looking for is um, people who are uh, like practical, uh, who are who um, who are um, relatively on the on the scale of directness versus indirectness, more on. The the directness um, scale, uh, and uh, who are analytical, data-driven, we speak the the, the, the same language, um, uh, sort of the the, the logical uh, guys, and Mosaic folks, we're all finance folks, (laughs) and so (laughs) uh, I I think we we really connected on on that culture. and, and also, um, the vision, the vision of the company, um, the, the category they're trying to build, um, the product, um, is, um, product is really critical here. Um, cause there's a lot of uh, vitamins out there, right? Like you can make people's lives 1% better, um, 2% better, uh, or you can, you can build a painkiller where, um, this product, um, you cannot live without. Um, and, um, I, I like to work on a, on a painkiller, um, and, they're you know finance folks who sleep under the desk and who cannot go back uh, to see their family, right? So so th- this this tool helps them to to kill those pains. Um, so I thought the the product is really helpful. Um, and then, and finally, the role itself. Uh, you know, it, looking at um, there, there are a lot of uh, head of marketing roles that just want uh, that just wanted to uh, focus on one side uh, of the of the equation. Um, for example, um, they're looking for a leader who just focus on building a brand um, and creating a category and PR, um, more like the comms side of things, telling stories. And their are roles um, uh, you hear that, we just want to do dimension. That's, that's all we care about. Um, so I'm looking for a role that, yes, it plays in my strength, with it, which is uh, growth and, um, and um, more data-driven marketing. But there's also a long-term vision of building a brand, building a category.
0: There are about five different parts of what you just said in your response that we are going to cut into some social clips because they were money. I love the, uh, the painkiller, <laughs> uh, bite too. That was awesome. Uh, so I, I think the last question in this section before we get moving, uh, you mentioned, uh, pattern recognition and, and just kind of, you know, recognizing things either from previous experience or from learning lessons, the hard way, uh, Is there any advice, you know, maybe that we haven't covered that you would share for people who are looking to vet new companies in a a new marketing leader role?
1: Mm -hmm. I'd say honesty um, and ask the hard questions in the interview process. Um, Sometimes we... Really want to get the job <laughs> by 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 like uh, presenting the best side ourselves and avoiding some of the harder questions. Um, you sometimes run into surprises that uh, the expectations of the leadership team doesn't align with your uh, understanding of what they need, um, and um, that is um, that is not good for for either party. Um, So if you see something that is unclear or could be this um, really tricky question, I would definitely ask um, and and, and just really drill down to get to the bottom of that.
0: I love that. All right. So now on to the second part of this. So at the time that we are recording this, you are 30 days in. So we're going to talk through your first 90 days as a marketing leader, but we're kind of Going to chunk it out from 30, 60, 90. So let's just say a spoiler alert. I imagine a website redesign is not in your plans within your first 90 days. I feel like lots <laughs> of people come in and say, oh, let's redo the website. Let's change a bunch of stuff so I can show that I'm doing something. And it's like, no, don't do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing I think the first 90 days is really about understanding expectations and aligning expectations with the leadership team. Um, There are uh, so much institutional knowledge um, and deep understanding from the leadership team, and they have a good assumption and hypothesis of what they really want you to solve. Uh, What are the fires that needs to be put off? um, And what are the quick wins they really want you to address? Um, So... In my in in the first um, 30, 60 days, I would focus on really addressing those fires if there were if there were any, um, and at the same time lay the foundation for longer term strategy. Um, if the website is just like really bad, uh, we're hurting. It's not converting. Maybe we do need to do something about it, um, but it, it shouldn't that's be a six di- months period
0: that's different than, hey, let's make it look prettier. If it's not converting, right. then I think we have an issue. But if you're just like, oh, let's make a prettier looking website, like we well, should not be doing that.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like a longer term projects, you really want to be sure that you are investing your time at the right place.
0: I love that. So from a learning perspective, you know, how do you get to, to learn, you know, the market or, you know, your customers? Like it's a lot of just you know, trying to ramp up as quickly as possible. Like, where do you um, or where do you see yourself right now as far as getting ramped up and how quickly you're learning?
1: Mm-hmm. There are three major sources I use to learn about the market. One is uh, internal, um, so there are a lot of uh, team members, especially from the sales, CS team, um, marketing team, and your your leadership team has tons of knowledge and deep understanding of your customers. So talk to them um gone is such a great tool uh, i've been really enjoying uh listening to Gong calls uh on friday nights <laughs> so i sometimes uh, i
0: can relate to that you're not alone yes
1: <laughs> i'm just like yeah, you know, doing my dinner and then like watching some gun calls at you know 1.5 speed or 2x speed and and I get so much out of it, and and little snippets of like, oh, like the moment the customer uh, is like, oh, I, I get it, like that wow moment, that aha moment. Um, those are great marketing materials. Hey? Um, and the moments that they got stuck, or um, how they mention a competitor, all of those are just gold uh, for for a new leader to to get to know the customers.
0: Now, have you taken it a step further? Do you have the Gong app on your phone? Because I have it. And whenever I go for walks, sometimes (laughs) if I'm truly like, you know, wanting to bash my head against the wall because I can't figure something out, I'll fire that up on my phone.
1: I actually didn't know Gong has a a mobile app. Uh,
0: very good, too. Uh, (laughs) We're not trying to pitch Gong here. We're happy Gong customers. But yeah, it's pretty good.
1: (laughs) Awesome. I'm probably going to do that right after this.
0: (laughs) I love that. So I guess the next question for you is, uh, you know, when you started, how many other marketing hires were there already in place?
1: Mm-hmm. We already have six people on the team.
0: Okay. So you had a, you know, a decent sized team to, uh, you know, walk into. How are you getting to know your team right now? You know, with people who've already been there for a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. I I just really lucked out. My team is super high performing. Uh, and sometimes I gonna oh, like, Do you actually need me uh because you guys are just like killing it um yeah the the content team is amazing the design if you go to our website is like incredible uh and our growth marketing team just like whiz like one person carries like three three people's job and i'm just like really impressed by, by 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 my team um I think to get to know my team, um, I I did a, a personal operating manual. Um, I with-
0: love that. For people who are not familiar with that, please explain this topic because I think it's a game changer.
1: I, I actually delayed doing it for so long, but I finally did it. It was so helpful. Uh, Personal Operating Manual is um, a document, typically one to two pages, um, to write down how you work, uh, your style of communication, um, are you on the you know, direct, indirect uh, spectrum, um, how you talk, um, how you like to work, uh, what, uh, what you value what frustrates you, um, how you want to receive help, how do you want to receive feedback. Um, All of those are uh, like personal styles can help the team really get to know who you are, how you work and how to get through you. Um, I share this with with my team during our onsite and um, I was in the hot seat and and the team can ask me any questions. Uh, So I really enjoy that process.
0: It's awesome. And it's one of those things we've uh, gone through at metadata and I did it two companies ago. And, uh, it's, it's an eye opener because then you see how your own working style is different from some of your direct reports or your team members. And you just kind of have to account that, Hey, all of the people that I'm working with don't work in the same exact way that I do. So in order to make them perform at a high level, like you kind of have to adjust your working style a bit. So I've always loved doing it, and it's been a huge game changer for us at Metadata.
1: Yeah, I uh, my my leadership principle I call it Empower, which stands for like. Multiple things, and one of the one of the letters is um, the W. The W stands for whole self. Um, I want my team to bring their whole self to work. Um, I don't want them to having to uh, pretend uh, to be a perfect uh, person or have an armor or say things just to fit in or to comply. Uh, I want them to, you know, ha- like to be their like really genuine. Uh, genuine self um even if that could be quirky or weird or like um like out out of the norm which you know i think all of us are uh you're
0: describing quirky, me by weird. the way yes yeah
1: yeah yeah Internally, yeah. no matter how you know how he looks on the outside we are all like we're all weird yes. <laughs> um, so i want that to to show up
0: yeah that's awesome and i think having been on the receiving end of like that type of culture and environment that you're building right now at metadata, it is amazing because I feel like you get to do so much better work when you're able to to work in that environment. And having worked for marketing leaders who didn't create that environment before, it wasn't, you know, super healthy. It kind of felt like you were walking on eggshells. You know, am I going to make a mistake? Am I going to be punished for that? And it felt like my work really wasn't nearly as good as it is today. So
1: I just want to say, I'm
0: sure your team thanks you for that, but uh, it's awesome working for marketing leaders who think with that same mindset. The
1: the psychological safety, of course, we all know, is such a foundational piece. Um, and I think that also helps the team to say, okay, it's okay for me to test things and m- make mistakes and take risks. Um, it's not like, oh, I this particular experiment didn't perform as well as I hope it to be that I I, I face some like serious percussions. Um, I I truly believe uh, failures are the opportunities for learning. Um, And uh, if something didn't go as well, I get excited because that's an opportunity for me to refresh my knowledge um, and get deeper understanding. Uh, and I want my team to to also feel that way. Um, if all of our experiments just perform really well, then that probably means that we're not taking enough, enough risks.
0: Yep. And I love that because um, it's, you know, one of those things where if you're, constantly meeting whatever goals you have around these experiments, you need to take bigger swings. So yeah, it's something that lands well with me. So next part of this, you know, I think the trap that many uh, ICs fall into, and even sometimes marketing leaders fall into when they join a new company is they, they try to just prove their worth right away and jump in and start fixing things. When in reality, it's probably best if you do a little bit more listing upfront first. So. Having said that, how are you trying to assess, you know, the current state of the, your team and the business at Mosaic? What are you looking for? What are you avoiding? Can you kind of walk me through that process?
1: Yeah, I benefited um, a lot from this book, First 90 Days, (laughs) I think. uh, uh,
0: It's on that bookshelf over there. Yeah, the camera won't find it, but yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like I actually have a chart uh, where it lists out uh, the first, second, third months, and then later, and then the categories were um, learn. Um, So learn about the business, the team, the culture, the players. Um, And the next is uh, build relationships. Um, So who are... Are the internal and external people I should build relationship with. Um, and a third is a quick wins. So what are the things that I'm hearing from, uh, from my, my leadership team, from uh, my team on the ground are the peop- uh, are the things that we really need to address right away to have quick wins, and then finally um, early strategy. What are the longer term things that I should start to think about to lay the foundation so that we are winning 12 months from now, three years from now, um, and and I map them them out by by month um, and and check with my uh, with my leadership team. And is this what you expect? Um, anything I should adjust? Um, how should I redirect? My- my energy? Um, what else do you want me to focus on? And it, just really have that dialogue to uh, align the expectations early on.
0: Uh, the people who will be listening to this episode won't be able to see the outline, but the outline pretty much follows what's in that first 90 days book uh, yeah. for this podcast episode. So perfect. So <laughs> I love what you said. I think uh, on the relationships topic, you know, uh, not just with the executive team, but with your your sales leader as well. How do you go about building those relationships and making sure that you start off on the right foot?
1: I think one is um, deliver on the promise. Um, If I promise to do something, um, I I come through, I follow through so that the, the trust started to build. And two is um again ask the hard questions. Uh, what are the questions that's not being spoken about? What's the elephant in the room? And just um be really, you know, open and frank about uh, what we really need um to, to start that 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 dialogue. And three is to, sh- to to build personal relationships. Um who are we as people um and have that personal connection?
0: And uh I mean, we're still in this pandemic right now, but I assume everyone's distributed throughout the entire country at Mosaic. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, um, our founders are based in San Diego. So I spend some time over there. And oh, um, some of the
0: there are worse places to have to spend time in. San Diego's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like it's, it's amazing weather. Uh, I, yeah, I will take any opportunity to go there.
0: <laughs> I love that. And then, uh, you know, you're 30 days in right now, but I guess can we talk through maybe uh, I don't know if anyone's asked you this because it's literally 30 days from your start date. Um, How has the 30 days played out compared to what you thought, you know, or planned for in your first 30 days?
1: Mm -hmm. It pretty much played out uh, as I expected. Um, Credit to my boss uh, who... Is just incredible. He had this um, onboarding doc uh, where he laid out uh, what, you know, what I needed to learn about the industry, the ICPS, and the audience, as well as the key documents I should look at um, to learn more about um, Mosaic, about marketing, about the uh, the way we we do things. Um, so that was like just incredibly. G- comprehensive onboarding uh, material. Um, And they set very clear expectations to um, get into the weeds and really coach the team. and um, and that's what I did um, is exactly you know get get into the specific campaigns, um, get into the specific accounts uh, and and help the team um, on the ground uh, quickly and and deliver some value while observing some opportunities for us to um, to develop and and scale in the future.
0: So I'm only telling this story because we were talking about it before we hit the record button, but I'm very jealous that you had an onboarding document because when I started at metadata, I, you know, I don't think I've told this story on demand gen you before. So I was a customer at my last company. I think a lot of people know that by now, but when I started, there was absolutely zero onboarding and that was because Jason said, well, you were a customer, but you already know all this, like go just start doing it. So uh talk about being thrown in the deep end but it was uh, a very unique onboarding experience and looking back I probably wouldn't have had it any other way
1: <laughs> yeah you you learn really fast uh that's uh, intellectually challenging <laughs> uh and then you know you can pretty much learn everything else <laughs> yep
0: now the last area that I wanted to cover was quick wins and I think you know Whether you read the first 90 days book or you listen to a mentor or read up on really anything that you can find on the internet, everyone always talks about finding, you know, quick wins or, you know, a quick win in your first 30 days. So what are you looking for here to, you know, find quick wins? And then I've got a few follow-up questions for you after that.
1: I actually just straight up ask. (laughs)
0: Um, I love that. (laughs) It's so direct. It's so novel. Like, why doesn't everyone do that? Sorry, keep going. I love that. (laughs)
1: I, I'm a very direct person. I would, you will know exactly uh, how how I how I think, how I feel, and you don't need to guess. Uh, and and uh, yeah, I would I would just ask. It's like, what 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 do you think are the key things that I should focus on? Um, the three things that we should keep doing, three things we should stop doing or change. Uh, what are the quick wins? Um, and, um, what do you hope I, I, what do you hope I do? What do you, what are you most concerned that I might do? Uh, what advice do you have for me? And, and these open-ended questions really helps to open up the conversation.
0: Now, I'm amazed just at this entire conversation that we've had, but just how you can really tell one that you've done this before and how structured you have been. You know, in your first thirty days and will continue to be you know long after at mosaic. But this takes practice, and it it probably doesn't happen right away. So how did you learn to to take this approach when starting new gigs?
1: it It definitely didn't come naturally to me, honestly. Um, I was a very much a, a goal oriented um thing oriented person, um especially when I was younger. And um I was fortunate enough to make a lot of mistakes. Wink uh and uh <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And and, and just like really realize, oh wow, like what really matters uh is people. Uh what, what really matters is um is the relationship that make things work. Um I think that's that's really a turning point for me to actively seek out Uh, resources, trainings, coaching, um, to, to change uh, my, my, my leadership philosophies and style. Um, I um, went through the entire coach training at um, CTI, Coactive Learning Institute. I did um, ORSC, which is a um, system and uh, organizational coaching program. Um, And I, I did a, I I hired a coach myself. Um, So there's lots of, um, lots of learning and making mistakes, talking to people who uh, are really good at this um, and learning from them.
0: I have to say your team is incredibly lucky to have you as a marketing leader because of how much time and energy and focus you put on this sort of thing, because It's a beast. There's no way around it. But when leaders prioritize that, like that does not go unnoticed by team members. So I'll say thank you for your team. They probably told you that already too.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Um, This is important to me. And I think um, as a leader, you want to empower your team uh, versus uh, being directive and and tell your team what to do exactly. And that's how your team grow. Um, And one of my key values in life is, um, deep connections, um, and, um, empower, empower people around me. Um, so it, 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 connects to my life purpose. It, it connects to why I'm doing the work I do. Um, so I, I'm still learning. I'm still making mistakes every single day. Uh, but that's how, as long as I you're grow. learning from
0: the mistakes, that's yeah. the, the mistakes are fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So last question before we wrap up here, and I'm not looking for you to give away, you know, kind of the secret sauce of, you know, anything that you guys are doing at Mosaic right now, but what are you most excited about 30 days in for, you know, the your next 60 days and beyond?
1: I'm really excited about one, um, working with this just killer high-performing team to bring it to the next level. Um, sometimes... Um, one thing is to do a turnaround. Um, another thing is to bring already great performance into even higher ground. Um, and um, and that is like really fun challenge and and, and to a certain extent is um, harder to do. Um, it, like, so i'm I'm really looking forward to that, really getting to know my team even deeper and learning from them. Another thing I'm really excited about is um, just the entire space of um, financial planning, but really the, the the category of strategic finance that Mosaic is championing um, is uh, just really fascinating. Uh, finance leaders are. The, the the ones who has the full view of the entire business and um, products like Mosaic can can help those leaders. So really getting to know like and build empathy towards the the audience, which are finance professionals. I worked with CFOs before, but not like a day-to-day basis. Um, so really getting to know the space and, and the um, the persona, um, and the product team just developed so fast, um, launching you know every few weeks new features. Um, so I'm I'm super excited about just how how the product will um, will help will help people to no longer sleep on the desks. <laughs>
0: That I love that you ended on that because if that's the the North Star of what Mosaic is trying to do, I can get behind that North Star. (laughs) Amazing. Well, Holly, thank you so much for coming on Demand Gen U. If this is any indicator of what your session is going to be like at Demand in October, I am pretty pumped. So thank you again for coming on. And I know that everyone listening is going to love this episode. This is one of my favorite guest episodes we've done so far.
1: Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun.
0: Alrighty. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week on Demand Gen U. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Demand Gen U. If you want to hear more, make sure to subscribe to get future episodes. You can also submit a specific topic you want us to talk about by DMing us on LinkedIn. If you like the show or want to share feedback, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep improving and get the word out to other marketers just like you. This podcast is brought to you by Metadata, the first demand generation platform that launches paid campaigns that self-optimize to revenue. If you're looking for a tool that makes it easier for you to build audiences, launch paid campaigns, and experiment at scale, you'll love Metadata. B2B marketers at Zoom, Okta, and ThoughtSpot use Metadata to automate the time-consuming parts of running paid campaigns so they can focus on the things that matter.